Our scripture reading today is from the Good News According to Matthew, chapter 20, beginning at verse 1. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for the usual daily wage, he sent them into his vineyard. When he went out about nine o'clock, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace, and he said to them, you also go out into the vineyard, and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went, and he went out again about noon, and about three o'clock, he did the same. And about five o'clock, he went out and found others standing around, and he said to them, why are you standing here idle all day? They said to him, because no one has hired us. He said to them, you also go into the vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his manager, call the laborers and give them their pay, beginning with the last and then going to the first. When those hired about five o'clock came, each of them received the usual daily wage. Now when the first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also received the usual daily wage. And when they received it, they grumbled against the landowner saying, these last worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat? But he replied to one of them, friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to the last the same as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first, and the first will be last. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Thanks, Thanks be, be to, to God. God. Oh, technical, technical issues. I was going to get you all to bow your heads in prayer and try to fiddle with the computer while you did that, but I figured that that wouldn't be very genuine or Christian. So let us pray. Gracious God, you send the rain on the just and the unjust alike. You are no respecter of persons. You show no partiality but you are Lord and God of all. We pray that you open our hearts, you open our ears and our eyes to see you and your image and every child, every adult, in everyone. Amen. So, there's a vineyard owner, Jesus says, one who's got a lot of work that needs to be done. First, the owner hires some guys at dawn, offering to pay the going rate, one denarius, enough to fade a big peasant family for a day's work. Straightforward. They get to work, but for whatever reason, maybe there's rain coming soon. Maybe he's just not good at estimating the actual amount of work, but the owner has to go out and find some other workers. So at 9 a.m., he pulls his pickup truck to the street corner where guys are hanging out looking for day work. Hop in, he says. I'll pay you what's right. And they do. And he drops them off with the others to go gather grapes. 
Same thing happens again at noon. Maybe the rains come on quicker than he expected or whatever. But then the owner drives that pickup truck back into town again and goes looking for some more workers. Same thing. Hop in, guys, and I'll pay you what's right. I don't know if I would really, you know, jump in if somebody had said, I'll pay you what's right, uh, not really knowing what that is. But they trust him. They get in, and he takes them to the vineyard. The same thing, of course, happens again, though. At 3 p.m., street corner, more workers. I'll pay you what's right. Hop in. And then again, even at 5 p.m., with only an hour or so left of sunlight left in the day, more workers. These guys are bottom-of-the-barrel workers, but no one would pick them up. But again, this landowner says, hop in, and I'll pay you what's right. Now, no doubt everybody was happy to get work at this point, but when it's quitting time, not everybody is so happy. Everyone lines up to get paid, and the guys who arrived last get paid first. And oh, look, an envelope with a big surprise in it. One denarius, an envelope stuffed with a whole day's worth of cash. Then the 3 p.m. guys, same thing, whole envelope full of cash, a day's wage. 12 p.m. guys, same thing. 9 a.m. guys, the same thing. And then the guys who are there at dawn, Ingrid said it already, but you probably guessed it. Same thing, one day's wage. And the guys who were there from the beginning, they can't believe it. Look, we slaved all day long in the hot sun from daybreak. All we want is our fair share. What's owed to us and these Johnny-come-latelys who only showed up and punched in for an hour, an hour you're just going to give them the same. That's an insult. That's what that is. It's not fair. But the owner isn't having any of it. Look, he says, look, you got what was agreed to. Take that one denarii you've been given, that daily wage you've got, and go. And I've decided to give the rest of these guys the same as you. You giving me the stink eye just because I'm generous? It's sort of literally evil eye, but I feel like stink eye is more of a, maybe it's an old-timey phrase still, but. You mad just because I decided to throw some of my money around for my work? The first thing you probably noticed about this parable is just how unfair it is. The guys who did all the work got the same pay as the guys who did an hour. I mean, I don't know about you, but I'd be at least a little bit resentful if I did a whole day's work and I turned around and some guy who showed up for an hour got the same paycheck as me. I mean, not only is it offensive, it seems like a really bad way to run a business. I don't think your best workers will show up again down the road. But this parable Jesus tells isn't just about a subpar businessman. Since it's a parable that Jesus tells, it's about God and God's kingdom, the way the world is, the way that the world should be when God wins out. This parable is one of the best illustrations of the concept of God's grace. What is grace, you may ask? What is grace, asks the Anglican theologian Paul Zoll. What is grace? 
Grace is love that seeks you out when you have nothing to give in return. Grace is love coming at you that has nothing to do with you. Grace is being loved when you are unlovable. It's being loved when you are the opposite of lovable. The cliche definition of grace is unconditional love. And it's a true cliche, for it is a good description of the thing. Grace is unconditional, unmerited, one-way love. And this parable is a parable of God's grace in that it shows a God who shows no special partiality to a human, any human being. God is a God who is relentlessly seeking us out, however many trips to the corner it takes to bring us as his workers into his garden to flourish. So what's possibly offensive about grace then? It sounds pretty good. In the end, since God's grace, God's unconditional love, God's mercy, symbolized by that single denarii, is handed out equally. Same pay, no matter how, when you show up, no matter how hard you work. Like Ingrid said, no matter if you've gone to church your whole life or just walked in the door, no longer how hard you've toiled, it's the same wage. And it's offensive because we set up so much of our lives in expectation, in the expectation that the world is, or at least should be, fair. And that's what bugs us about grace. We believe that life functions by a set of rules. If we play by those rules, if we keep our nose to the grindstone, we should get ahead. And if we don't, sorry, there's an order to things. There's an order to things, which is why we get so mad when somebody comes in and messes with us. It is unfair. Grace, it drives us crazy. It's offensive because by definition, it isn't fair. It's freely given to all. God sends the rain on the just and the unjust alike. Now, a couple of weeks ago, I was, or just this past week, I was walking home from the church in the forest fire haze. And I was walking past the community garden around the corner, which is just, I mean, that way, not that it, not that it matters to you. <laughs> You're not here. <laughs> just pretend you're here. It's that way. But I was walking by the community garden, and there were a couple of guys, probably in their 40s, just lounging there on the grass. They looked pretty sketchy. They had a grocery cart full of all sorts of junk. And, well, there was a bunch of, and there was just like a bunch, they had all their stuff and a bunch of garbage just sort of splayed out around them. And on to top it all off, they were sharing a can of lucky, lucky beer between the two of them. And as most of you have probably noticed, the Comox Valley in the last year, or maybe a bit more, has had an influx of street people or people like street people. Many with severe addiction problems, mental illnesses. And this hasn't made our work as a downtown church that hosts a soup kitchen any easier because with the influx of people has come an influx of crime and graffiti and open drug use i'm not going to sugarcoat the reality of things and i won't lie this 
has not made Courtney a nicer place to live for anyone. It's, it's just the honest, just the honest truth. And as a church, we do a bunch of things to try to help folks like this. We do, and so do a myriad of social services in town, free lunches, free services, needle exchanges, this, that, and the other. And so in my mind, as I'm sort of walking by, sort of looking straight ahead, I have this feeling of irritation and resentment. I give a polite smile and I nod. Good to see you today, sir. And one of the, when one of the guys asks me for change, which is what I was trying to avoid, I just nod my head again with a sorry and keep walking. Tired of putting in the effort, tired of putting in the energy when rather than stream clean streets and change lives, we often get graffiti, garbage, and public drunkenness in response. No matter how hard or long we plug away at us, sorry, I don't want to pay for another six pack of Lucky. And so I keep walking, glad to sort of, you know, be past them. And, and I'm not even out of earshot. But I can hear the guy who asked me for change ask another person for change, just off in the background. And I don't see who it is. You know, like I said, I was just walking as fast as I could to get past them and just to keep my eyes straight ahead. It couldn't have been anybody. But the thing is, this other person must have given him something. I assume money or something. I knew that because I heard a gruff little voice say half-heartedly, God bless. You might guess where I'm going with this next. As I was walking home, I thought about this scripture. I'm like, I'm diving into this scripture all through the week. Where the workers were all paid the same. About the owner's words, are you envious because I am generous? And I thought about the offensive nature of grace. I thought about how the scriptures tell us that God became human, suffered death, and rose again, not just for the good, upstanding people who have their lives together, the people who serve at soup kitchens and do their best to do their best. Not just in people who put in the work from sunup to sundown, but he came to bring the gift of salvation, healing, abundant life to all. Christ came not to call the righteous, but sinners. I mean, Jesus says that. That's Jesus' teaching. And not only that, according to this parable, we have a Lord who never stops seeking us from sunup to sundown to bring us that one denarii, that gift of grace, that enoughness 
and to recruit us for his kingdom. That includes even the idle ones wasting yet another gift on the street corner on Lucky Light. Although I don't think it was Lucky Light. I think it was just Lucky. And he came even for those who, like me, grumble at the thought of such extravagant grace. Now, I don't pretend to have the solution to the problems of homelessness and addiction. I'm not going to suggest any specific public policy, nor am I going to exhort you to feel as guilty as I did for not giving money to a homeless person. What I am going to share, though, is the gospel, the good news, that we are all in need of the same redemption. That is true. But the good news is that each of us is promised that same wage of grace. It may be offensive and infuriating at first. It may even be offensive and infuriating even if you've gone to seminary, even if you've been a minister ordained for six years. But the truth is, that we will never be truly free from the power of sin until we're able to give in to God's grace. We'll never truly be free from the power of sin until we're able to see ourselves and others, no matter how idle and undeserving or elegant, arrogant and self-satisfied, they or we may seem until we're able to see others as God's beloved children, as those whom, for whom Christ died. It may be offensive. It may be unfair. It may pinch just a little bit. But if we listen hard enough, it's the sweet sound of amazing grace. Amen. Key is a sinner they 
to his house I saw Jesus go to break bread And I knew something special had happened that day When Zacchaeus gave half of his riches away But with God